Hello and welcome to another Kit Plus TV show. Now training has always been an important part of keeping your skills up to date. Software evolves very quickly nowadays, but finding the time and resources to keep up to date with the latest feature release or even shortcut can be a challenge. Yeah, the Department of Digital Culture, Media and Sport estimates that in, in the UK in 2019, there were 289,000 jobs in film, TV and creative industries. With industry estimates that as many as 50% are either freelance or self-employed. And for the last 24 years, help has been on hand from Soho editors who have been a leading provider of freelancers to post-production companies. And we're joined today by Brian Cantwell. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing? So how has the industry changed recently? And... Do you think these estimates of 50% of the workforce of freelance is, is about right? Is it an underestimate, maybe? Um, well, obviously, we've gone through a sort of perfect storm over the last couple of years um, with a combination of things that have affected the, not only our industry, but a lot of industries. Um, whether the, the industry has changed quite a lot. Um, it has evolved from what it was and 100% male-dominated 100% expensive. You couldn't get into this business unless you were mm. very pockets or rich parents. Um, that has changed. Anybody can get into this industry mm. now if they've got the will and the desire. Um, it's not, I say anybody can get into it. Getting into it and staying in it is another thing. Um, whether or not people will give you the opportunities as much as you might, might hope, that's another question. It's very competitive. Mm. There are thousands and thousands of people out there. As you pointed out, the industry survives hugely on a freelance market. Um, I would estimate that the the fifty percent that you quoted there is slightly under for some industries. The creative industries yeah. in the UK is huge; it is vast. Um, when you start adding in all the areas that creative industries are involved in, whether it's automotive design, whether it's web design, whether it's uh, TV programs, games, anything like this, it's all creative. Um, and I think there was a UK creative report that came out yesterday um, that actually reported uh, mm. that the, our industry, the creative industries, can, is the third highest mm. generator of capital value to the UK economy. Uh, I think quite a figure of 114 billion, um, which is the only other sectors that are generate more finance and construction. So um, that in itself should put this at the top of everybody's agendas, particularly from government at this moment. Um, I think the last 18 months have shown that it's a very resilient industry. Um, it's managed to weather some considerable storms very quickly. I think that's shown by the adaptiveness of the industry. We've managed to change our workflows, mm. our, our business models overnight almost into something that um, is feasible. Um, now, not everybody's managed to survive that. There's been a lot of casualties along the way, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more. But wherever there is adversity, there's also opportunity. And what this has done um, yeah. over the last 20, um, I'm sure, longer months, has moved the industry forward at a massive pace. We're now into a, a remote working environment that would have only been dreamt about two years, three years ago. We think people thinking it's five, 10 years away. Well, it happened in 18 months. You know, everybody is now yeah, yeah. not. 100% happy with remote working. Some people prefer to go into the old traditional facilities, but clients have had to adapt, so have the talent and all the resources that needed to provide that. And they did it really, 
really, really well. Some better than others, as I say, but everybody who wanted to has managed. We ourselves have had to evolve into a basically a remote working environment. We've almost had to create a virtual facility um, in the cloud for our clients. Um, and some of that was stuck together with shoestring at the beginning, but that's now become a much more cohesive and, and secure platform for people to be working with. And also, there's loads and loads of third parties that have popped into the market in the last 18 months that do all of this for you. Um, so you don't have to go out now and invest millions or tens of thousands at least in an infrastructure that you might not need. You can go out and rent things by the bit, by the megabyte, by the terabyte, by the bandwidth, and only use what you need. Um, and therefore, you can try things out um, and test things and, and the wall. And that allows, that removes boundaries, it removes borders. Suddenly, your market is not London, it's not the UK, it's the world. You can do a job from Australia just as easily as you can do a job from London. Um, and to be honest, I'm, you know, I know clients of mine that are in Australia, they would love the opportunity of working with some of the creative talent that we've got in the UK. If it didn't involve flying 15,000 miles around the world, paying a fortune to put them up, <laughs> and then um, so they can do just the same quality of work sitting in London. And now people are willing to accept that. The, the, so so much work on so much of the creative process is being in an environment with other creatives. How's the what's what's have you or have you seen any uh, effects on people's whether it be well being or lack of creativity or you know sort of you know just lack of being with other people in that environment? You know, being in the post production facility was a was a community, wasn't it? Has it had any yeah. effect on people's well being? Yeah. So to speak? yeah. I think this yeah. is going to affect different people in different ways, clearly. Um, and I think some people have loved the fact that they've got the freedom to work when they want without having to worry about, you know, the client's going to come in and sit next to me for, for four hours, boring boring me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think I'm on a job and whatever. And to be honest, <laughs> it is quite an isolating job. A lot of the time you're sitting in an edit suite or you're sitting in a grading suite, sitting in an audio suite with maybe a director or a producer or all on your own anyway. You might get the odd runner come in. You maybe they were isolated, yeah. Um, but ultimately, you're in there on your own. Um, and whether yeah, you're doing that in your living room or doing it in a studio, I think what's happened is the improved re uh, communication in the reviewing process. So now, again, the parties have stepped yeah. in, plenty of people out there that are offering services where you can control and review and discuss live what's going on on any desktop or editing or graphic solution um, and record all that. Um, and I even know some of the people that we work with have got very creative in setting up their studios to try and put cameras behind and, and simulate that there's actually a yeah. director behind me. And then on the screen, you can see the director yeah. behind them talking mm. to them as if they're in the same room. So people have been very creative. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think it has... Yeah. I, I, already we are seeing a slight return i know in the, this month alone our yeah. activity in the agency is 25 30 percent returning to facility land whereas last month it was zero right mm. so i think as okay. lockdown releases well it technically it's over but you know, as as freedom starts yeah. to become available 
I think people, employers, yeah. and some staff, they do want to get back. I, mean, I know my staff are asking when we can go back into the office um, for training classes. We've got clients who want to do physical classes rather than um, multiple other methods of delivery. Um, so we try and cater to all demands, but at the same time, I think it's it's one of those things. You, you would rather have a collaborative environment when you need it, but a lot, a lot of the time as a creative yeah. editor, you, you don't need it. In fact, it, it, it hinders you. You know, sometimes you get the job done a lot quicker when you've got someone fiddling about with you with it over <laughs> your shoulder. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. So, in yeah. terms of training, uh, Brian, what is what if what are the challenges you faced over the last couple of years, and and how do you see with everything we've just said, how do you see the future of training going forwards? Uh, yeah, well, it was a massive challenge last year when COVID hit in March. Um, we basically closed and didn't open. The, well, we haven't technically opened the office again since. Um, so, we were fortunate at the time we'd already created a, a sort of uh, a live online platform to deliver um, and we trialled it for about a year with different courses and different regions just to see what how it affected get the timing right delivery so we effectively accelerate that program very very quickly and managed to convert well, 40 of our courses all of our 44 courses into an online delivery platform so what is actually done is it, again when i mentioned sometimes through adversity opportunity and this sort of forced opportunity um, so we converted all our courses yeah. to live platform uh, programs so they can be delivered over the same time frame as a physical class and they're duplications of the physical class. We're not, we're not cutting anything out because it's live. Uh, we're, not cut, we're not doing anything any different. The only difference is you're not actually sitting in the physical room. Um, everything else is the same. And then I thought, of course, there's, there's a demand for people that have always wanted to do classroom training live online classes is a new thing it's not really been forged ahead it is growing um, and it's trusted and people have general feedback is that everybody thinks it's great because you know there's a lot less cost involved in doing a live course than there is a physical course um, and a lot less risk at the moment so um, and then there's others that just want to learn at their own pace and those people you know we we previously yeah. didn't really cater to that market because as far as we were concerned, our market was the classroom professional who wants to learn how to be the best grader or the best art, a graphics artist. Mm. And the best, best way to do that was in a classroom. That's changed. So now we've got uh, 20, I think it's 25 tutorials, pro tutorial series that we've created from the classroom courses. So again, you do a Premier Pro 101 tutorial series, pro series, it's the same as if you have done a three-day uh, classroom. The only difference being you don't have a trainer to interact with. Um, but all the media, all the course content, everything is exactly the same. Um, so from our perspective, we've now got three different ways of delivery, whereas we only have one. Um, that won't change. That's going to expand. We've, we've already had inquiries from abroad for people who want to replicate what we've done over in London, in the UK. Um, because we've, we've been reasonably successful at it and we had a bit of an, a head start. Um, so we've been researching mm. and all their clients as well. We've been researching best techniques for remote working, the best environments, the most sturdy, most reliable environments. And it's about scale and it's about expectation. 
Some clients are going to want 100% security, 100% reliability, 100% of everything, and they're willing to pay for it. At that level, you've got all sorts of choices that you can put together. But some people just want to do it through, you know, uh, Google Storage or, you know, Dropbox and things like that. So there's very cheap solutions. Um, and I think that's something, again, that remote working has done is made access to work a lot easier, potentially, because it's remote. And because you're not outlaying costs like traveling and doing all the sort of normal associated expenses of going to work, um, you can be a little bit more cost competitive. And technically, so can facilities and production houses. If they adopt the virtual model, mm. then they scale up or scale down when they need to work. They don't have a, a, an overhead that they have to bear regardless of whether there's any activity. Um, and it gives them, gives them a cost advantage. You know, and I know two or three of my facility clients have actually yeah. either closed the physical facilities and gone 100% virtual or are in the process of going 50-50. So um, mm. I think that's it to say. Yeah, now, um, uh, one of the things that jumps at me with, with everything we've, we've just said all rolled into one, um, most of this comes with a cost. Now, uh, it, it, to help with accessibility pe people get are there any free resources on offer that can help people yeah. get started yeah i mean we in ourselves have loads of free tutorials and free webinars that we publish all the time um you know the tips tricks some of them we also out for i mean by default we give away several of our tutorials anyway so we always have probably 10 to 15 right. if not or free videos available and they're adding to them uh, all the time but the resource out there is phenomenal um you can you know you, you can pay a lot of money for courses and a lot of money uh, but i think you the quality mm. is also very varied that's the problem i think you know you don't really know what you're getting until you've got it um and if it costs 20 pounds you don't mind you might yeah. risk it they are a risk it for a biscuit but um if it's three hundred pounds, you go. It better be good. Um, and the only way you're going to yeah, know yeah. that is the credibility of the provider um, and/or third-party referencing or um, reviews. Um, mm. And mm. being around for twenty-four years, we think our credibility exists. So we're hoping that that gives you know things Absolutely. like expanded mm. credibility by default. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you can, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. the obvious routes to free stuff is YouTube and things like that, but that's where the quality can vary massively. And what you're seeing is what someone thinks is the right thing to do, not necessarily what the right thing to do is. So it, it, you can learn some very bad techniques by following YouTubers and people. Um, but then at the same time, if you want to replace a the thermostat in your oven, it's a very handy tool. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and as you say, I mean, it, it, it's not just the financial investment in the course; it's that person's time as well, which has a value, isn't it? And they want to make sure that time is directed in the best possible way. Yeah, time is money, whether it's your money, your time, or the client's time. Um, and if you've got time, you you have to choose what you devote it to. Yeah. Um, if you're professional and you want to be improving and constantly improving, then training is something you should be factoring in um, and not an afterthought nothing stays state stays the same for very long um yeah. it you might be the best at premier pro editor in the world 
But if you don't keep current with the versions and the updates and the workflows that improve, then you'll soon start to fall behind your competition. Um, and that's when, you know, sometimes the older generation gets yeah. stuck into a, a workflow and they don't see any other way of doing it. It's always worked for them. Why do they change? Um, but, you know. Yeah. That's me, Brian. Yeah. That's me. That's me. Until yesterday, actually. And I have to thank you. An, an email dropped into my inbox um, and just picking up on Matt's bit about the free resources. And it was free free video uh, tutorials. So I just did a simple uh, click. 50 minutes later, I'm now an expert on MorphCut. Know a few other things I didn't know I needed to know on Premiere Pro. So um, so there you go. It, it does help. <laughs> Thanks to Soho Editors. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, you can check out everything you need to know on the resources and the courses that Soho Editors offer at SohoEditors.com. Thanks also to me, to Media Proxy for their support at Kit Plus TV. And we'll see you next time.